You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to It's 11 is Heaven for Jamie Vardy, the Leicester City podcast by Leicester City fans for Leicester City fans. Joined tonight by some of the regulars. We're also joined by uh, Tom from LCFC TV. Tom, thanks so much for joining us tonight. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Hopefully uh, a win on Saturday and we'll all be a bit happier. But uh, it's a big game going into this weekend. Yeah, it's on a knife edge, isn't it? It really is. Uh, you can see things going a bit toxic if uh, if it doesn't go too well. Plenty of, of that to discuss tonight as well. Other Tom, I'm going to refer to you as TC through the show tonight. Sorry you've been displaced and lost your name, but that's the way that it goes. How's things? Okay. Looking forward to Saturday? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am looking forward to Saturday. Um, yeah, it's it's been a bit of a struggle really, hasn't it, the last couple of weeks? And we're trying to be as positive as possible, but, you know... Rumours and uh, Rogers isn't making it easy for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Steve, you're you're joining us from the northeast of Scotland. How's the weather up there? Are you uh, are you in the midst of a downpour? Um, it's a bit drizzly. Yeah, so we've had rain for the last two days. We haven't had any for a long, long time. So it's much needed. Well, it's great to have you with us tonight. And also Barry, resident Villa fan, above us in the league after. Uh, Barnstorming victory over Everton at the weekend. You've got to beat Everton, though, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. I think everyone should be beating Everton. They seem they seem pretty poor <laughs> what I saw. So <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm delighted. Listen, the place to start for us tonight, gents, is going to have to be Wesley Fofana. It's come out in the uh, press. Day. Fabrizio Romano tweeted out as well that um, apparently he's agreed personal terms with Chelsea. Should a deal be agreed with Leicester City? Tom, what's your thoughts on? Uh, the situation with Wesley Fofana at the minute. It's not very savoury, is it? Well, surely Chelsea have broken all rules and protocols that you can't go poaching a player until you've agreed a transfer. So uh, I'm not 100% believing that kind of malarkey. I think I know Wesley's had it before when he wanted to come to Leicester. He spat his dummy out. He got what he wanted in the end. But the, the whole thing that his contract's agreed and he's going, it's ready. It's, you've just got to get the, the fee. I don't I don't think that's happened yet. Uh Maybe talks between agents and clubs, but again, that's still breaking the rules of what's in place to stop that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, will he go? Yes, I think he will eventually. I don't think eventually that we all know it's going to happen. Uh, Resley will kick a stink up. I think uh, he's already started that. We saw it on Sunday at Arsenal away. The uh, video came out of him walking towards the fans. And then about four hours later, the second video came out showing Fafana turning and are just about to head down the tunnel when Rogers grabbed him and went no go over to the fans and clap them and that was the one that made me realize that Farnas doesn't want to be here anymore yeah. uh, to turn and walk straight down the tunnel without him thinking of going over to clap the Blue Army who 3,000 had traveled up to Arsenal 
to watch the game. You know, that that tells me that's a player who's not happy anymore and he's, he's ready to leave. So it's a bit of a mess, but good old Leicester will stick to their guns and will not release him and tell him you've signed a five-year contract and you're sticking around until we get the valuation, what we think is acceptable. Yeah, it's a five-year deal, TC, as well, isn't it? That a couple of months down the line you look at and you go, well, you can't be that desperate to leave, surely, if you sign a contract. You've had a broken leg. We've looked after you throughout that. He's only 21 still. It, 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 I said earlier, leaving a sour t- taste, it doesn't feel too great at the moment, does it, it's in regards to Wesley Fofana? No, no, you're right as well. I mean, you can't go signing a, a five-year deal and then start complaining about it. Um, I mean, we're, we're well within our rights to kind of demand a decent fee for him. I mean, there's all this comparison with him and Maguire. Well, he's 10 times the player Maguire was. Um, <laughs> you know, even in the last match, you, you're seeing him do things that our other defenders aren't doing. And um, Brentford, yeah. you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, was, I don't think he was as good on Saturday against Arsenal. I thought he was a bit loose. He, he had his moments of, of well, for for some of the goals, he was kind of on the players more than uh, more than the rest, I'd say. But. Um, yeah, he's certainly trying to put himself in the shop window with the way he's playing for us and, you know, the, the run he did um, in the match going going for goal as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it is disappointing now. It's all unravelling. And, and the problem is, if he goes, it doesn't just leave that hole for us to fill. It's kind of telling the other players that it's acceptable to do this, these kind of things. Well, no, no other players have got really any length left on the contract. So it'll be a lot easier for them, you, you'd imagine. That's... <laughs> Uh, with your guys losing the central defender at the the weekend, uh, I forgot the guy's name. The one from Sevilla, Carlos. Yeah, he's out for a bad injury, isn't he? For six to nine months. This is where all the optimistic Villa fans start talking about signing for Farnham themselves, isn't it? We know, we know you've uh, got the overinflated sense of ego as a as a Villa fan, not you personally. <laughs> well, you you know how much I love him, but yeah, I think um, yeah, he's definitely out with our our bracket of fee. But I think you got to remember, right? So. This is just a thing now. You can almost sit in that fear if your star player signs a five-year contract because that often has an unwritten conversation that's maybe be had with the board or whatever. If things don't go a certain way or things go exactly how he said they'd go, then if the right bid comes in, you, you take the opportunity. Now, of you course, no one wants... Grealish there, are you? Did he do the same? Well, yeah, but loads of clubs do it. It's not... Yeah, it's similar. I think, like, if they... If, if, I don't unless they're obviously having to pay lease costs on, which is great, but there is a number that they they just can't say no to, no matter what day of the window it is. So I think um, if they get that eighty five million, there is still time. Like that, there's still time to, to spend half of that on a really good defender. And the closer you get to the end of the window, the more chance there is of getting these players. Every Leicester fan at the minute that will listen to Leicester receiving £85 million will shudder uh, with how we might spend that, Steve. I was just saying to you, before we went away, <laughs> you can see an incoming £50 million bid for Bednarak or something like that at Southampton. Uh, what is the right number? Barry said £85 million. Is that the number that you'd be comfortable with? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd wish he'd stop a, at least another year, actually. And uh, you know, he didn't sign the contract that long ago and he said so many nice things about the club and the fans and everything else. It's obviously all bullshit if he has agreed terms with um, through his agents with Chelsea. Um, so disappointed in his character, if that's true. Um, but yeah, 85 million. Um, uh, it's a shame. I was saying to you earlier, I think we could get, we could have got 120 million for him in a couple of years' time. But um I was sort of half joking, Tom, before uh, we came on air tonight about the price going up as the window gets closer to to, to ending. Do you think that's something that the club might look at and, and say, right, if we don't get this deal wrapped up pretty quickly, we need to do something else around the price because it's going to come at a cost to us, isn't it? Uh, I think the club will probably have a date where they'll have a cut off to what they'll sell at. And if they're not got what they want by then, then I think they'll be quite firm and say, no, we ain't got time to replace we mucked up a few times now with drink water at the time we let him go we never replaced him 
uh we're 14 seconds too late uh yeah. <laughs> you know we, we mucked around we, we, i think we've learned from that barry by the way we'll do you a great deal buy one get one free on two center halves oh, yes. hey, if you give us 15 million you can have vestigard and daniel amate in the same package <laughs> it frees up our wage bill mate it's free but I, no. actually, I actually i actually saw we were linked with you on you today we i saw yeah yeah uh, maybe it was just i think it was maybe just one of these sort of groupings where they say like Possible available, uh, reasonably available defenders, and he was one of the one of the ones that was. We're going to sell everyone else and uh, end up with Vestergaard and Evans at centre back, aren't we? The slowest mobile, <laughs> slowest pairing in history. Sorry, Tom, what were you saying? Yeah, I was going to say, I just think the club will have a cut off period. They'll know by a certain day that if they haven't got what they wanted, I, I don't think they'll look around that the price will start going up. I just think they'll be like, Nah, you ain't done what we needed to in the amount of time. We've told, I think they probably would have said to Chelsea, if you want him, you've got to this date to sign him. If you don't sign him by this date, then he ain't going anywhere. Same with Tillemans in some way. I think they'll probably give that one a little bit more time to run. And I think they'll let that go out to the last few days and see if the, a, an offer comes in for him because they've got enough behind them. Now KDH has come through that they can play without Yuri. In fact, you know, we, we saw it the weekend. I didn't think he had the greater game at Arsenal uh, and, and and the chance from the Arsenal fans will see you in a week was uh, quite hilarious at the time when he was being substituted. But yeah, it, it, the club aren't silly. I think they've learned the hard way. I think we talk about transfer windows over the last three. The club have learned now they've got to be reasonable. And I also think the club are in a bit of financial mess because of the wages they've put certain players on. And I think now they're learning the hard way without Vishai at the top watching over what's going on that... They've got to be more sensible what contracts we're offering out to certain players because we're now in a mess that we can't offload big players like Vestigard to clubs like Fulham, who'd probably normally go to because Fulham can only offer him 45000 a week compared to his seventy-five that he's on. So He's yeah. the most loyal player we've got at the minute, Tom. <laughs> I'm not surprised he was loyal <laughs> at that kind of money being offered to him to stay. He, he must have been loving life when he got that contract. Did you go on uh, Saturday to to the Emirates? I didn't go, mate. I watched it at home on Saturday, yeah. and yeah, yeah, it was a it was a good game. Uh, I, there was lots of positive to take out of it in, in phase of the game, especially second half when Rogers finally decided that it wasn't working. The biggest for me uh, concern was the mentality after each goal went in, though, that we didn't mm-hmm. right. You're most vulnerable when you've just scored. Everyone knows that because your head's are in it. Yeah, we've just scored. Brilliant. And what do we do? We switch off for a, a poor goal from Danny Ward's point of view. A lot of talk that Fafana was in the A, but in my point of view there is Casper is in goal. Casper's coming out and punching that. He's not even thinking of catching it. He's punching that back up the pitch out of the way. And then you get yourself back in the game. Brilliant play by Nacho to Madison. You get a bit of luck that it goes through the goalkeeper's legs. And right, you're back in this now. 3-2. Switch on, lads. Once again... Dennis Pratt a bit unlucky trying to play a bit too in our half and suddenly they're on us and we're just backing away and let a quality player have a shot and go in the bottom corner. And once again, the game's gone by that point. You, know, you didn't see us scoring two more goals. So a lot of positives, a couple of negatives. But for me, I hope Rodgers has opened his eyes up to realise we can't play the formation he wants to play uh, with Vardy on his own at top because he's not getting the service. We look much sharper when we had Nacho up there and Dakar. Uh, and Madder sitting behind them to give them that little bit of room. That's covered the whole of the uh, post-match from Arsenal. Then, just that, Tom t- TC rather. It started pretty badly for us, didn't it? But they have that quality now in Jesus. He was uh, lively, he was sharp. He was probably quite unlucky not to get a hat trick. Yeah. Was it a case of him being just a bit too good for us on the day, or was our defending not up to it? <sighs> Yeah, I think I think that we kind of meet halfway there, don't we? I mean, his first goal, cracking finish, but there's just no movement, and it it just felt like that time and time again throughout the match. Um, I mean, at, at the back post, should should he he shouldn't be getting that header? <laughs> he, he really shouldn't. Um, well, that's a different story, isn't it? Conceding from a set piece again. That's, uh, that's a little yeah, low light yeah. Well, it's, you know, Vardy on the uh, on the front post again, and you know we've seen him put that in our, our own net before. So, a bit of a dangerous uh, play to make, I think. But but yeah, you're right. I think Arsenal have, have strengthened massively this year, and yeah, in terms of attack, they they are looking quality. I felt that the uh, scoreline Barry might have been a little bit uh, 
a little bit generous towards Leicester, really. We didn't have that many chances and they could have had more than four. It could have been at one stage when it was 2-0 um, and they looked like they were going to score with every attack. I was really fearing the worst. How good are Arsenal going to be this season? And how do you see that result in the, in the grand scheme of things for Leicester? Oh, yeah, it was a bit of egg on the face from my prediction from last week. But um, I think it's from what I saw, I didn't see the game. I saw the extended highlights and I think it did It did look Leicester a wee bit laboured. Um, Arsenal, <clears throat> I'm being honest, I don't think they actually look that much different. I think they've just got a quality forward now. Yeah. Um, I think I think they would, that, like that scoreline doesn't happen if Jesus isn't playing. Um, and I think that's the difference. Like I was, I was watching his first goal and like it was an ace finish. And then I was trying to put a Leicester head a lot watching and go, well, actually Evans could have got there quicker. He just stood there and watched it. But Jesus literally just, he doesn't have any back lift in his, his kick. He's just placed yeah. it in the corner. He says, just, that is a world-class, world-class finish. Yeah. And the second goal, the, the, you can't blame Leicester defence because Vardy's kind of done what he needs to do. It's just bad luck that it's, it's fell to him in the back post. If they can keep him fit for the full season, and their main their main guys Odegaard, um, Saka, uh, Amarty, uh, not Amarty, Party. Sorry, I, I still think the back four can get had. Like uh, uh, Ben White, he, I just don't think he's a good defender. I think that um, I do quite like Gabriel, but he's he can get ruffled quite easy. I ju- I still think they can get that they can get done. And I think if Chelsea are to get someone like Fofana, that is almost the final piece of the jigsaw for them if they can get forward as well so for me it's the, the obvious two at the top and then Spurs and Chelsea like, and, and no one no one else comes near to that I don't think I think, yeah. they'll, I think they'll see I think when Arsenal play um, teams that play the, the formation you finish with so like the sort of um, the, the, the two up top and one behind I don't think they'll do well with that because there'll be too much pressure on Xhaka and uh, Partey and they that's not really their game. They, they're both supposedly defensive midfielders, but they're not. So I think they can be had. I just um, I think they'll have a decent season in Europe. I can see them winning the Europa. That will probably be a decent season for them. Coming back on to Leicester, Steve, the, the defeat on Saturday wasn't necessarily a surprise to us, was it? But it really compounded the fact that we, we could have done with three points against Brentford uh, the week before. Did you feel that? Did you feel that we maybe weren't over dropping those two points on Saturday? I think the whole squad's probably unsettled by the speculation, to be honest. I mean, if you looked around at the 11 that started, who would you say had a good game? Maybe Castagna, maybe James Justin did okay. Madison did all right second half, didn't he? Second half, but he was poor. The whole midfield was poor. Tillemans was poor through the whole game. And Didi was poor again. He's not had a good game for a while now for us. He's just not gone on. I mean, I thought he was going to be world-class and Didi. And in the last two two years, there's been no progression. In fact, he's probably gone backwards. Um, you know, so Evans and and I'd say Fafana didn't have a great game either. You know, the keeper made a mistake. Amati, uh, even though you said it was a good finish at the at the far post, Tom, I, he was the wrong side of him. Yeah, you know, he wasn't. So there was a whole load of stuff, as you said. Pratt gave away. Uh, uh, you know, I think. We should use Dennis Pratt a lot more, but he gave away the ball uh, for the fourth goal. You know, so there was a, a, a. I'm not sure that anyone had a good game, really. I'd say probably James Justin and Castagna got a pass mark, but they were probably the only two. And Madison in the second half. I guess it sort of summed up uh, starts the season somewhat. We get awarded a penalty on the stroke of half time, and then Tom, what it felt like was the first time ever uh, the referee overturned it with their. Uh, with VAR, didn't he? It was Mike Dean on, on VAR. What, would, what did you make to the penalty decision or lack of? Well, firstly, Mike Dean, we just can't get rid of him, can you? God, <laughs> he, he retires and then he still gets a job doing the job. Uh, look, I, I, I'm honest. I, I think it would have been a very, very harsh penalty to award, if I'm honest. I don't think there was that much contact. I know when you're travelling at a pace like Vardy does, you get clipped, you go down a bit easy sometimes. I, I just don't think there was enough touch uh, from every angle you looked at it there wasn't that much of a touch on Vardy it was very minimal and if that was given against Leicester I think Leicester fans are being erupts for it so for me probably wasn't a penalty but again it's the, it's the whole average for me if you're going to show the replay it should be in real time yeah, no, 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 no slow-mos no slowing it down see where the contact was made 
watch it, how the referee's seen it. So you're not making his mind up. And the same in the VAR, if they should be watching it as the referee has seen it, not going to slow really down and get really technical in this seat, just to make sure. No, watch it how the referee's seen it. The ref's given a penalty because he thinks of being a touch. So watch it in the real time. Slowing it down makes things look worse or it makes things look better. In this yeah. case, it made it look better for the Arsenal goalkeeper because it made it look like he barely touched him. So, yeah, it was a kick in the teeth. We've can't man, we've had our fair share where VAR's gone on our way most of the time. There was a few last year didn't go away, but oh, it would have been a route back into the game, literally at that point as well, to go and get back into the game at that point. But 2-1 just for our time would have given us a bit of a lift to go in that dressing room. I guess the other side of that is that if we'd have scored in the first half, it would have meant that they'd have scored their third goal uh, a lot quicker as well. Because as soon as we score, we let one in, don't we? We obviously did get a slice of luck to see at the beginning of the second half with uh, William Saliba's own goal. It was uh, out of nowhere, really, wasn't it? But it gave us a route back into the game. What, what do you think goes through the lad's head when, as soon as they score to concede like that? I know they say that the the most dangerous time to concede is just after you score, but we seem to make a bit of a habit of that. Yeah, yeah, we do seem to make a bit of a habit of it, which is a shame. But um, uh, I don't, I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know how you can reset and not sort of get get your head around right. It's like kicking off from scratch again. I don't understand why they can't set up and first things first, defend. It's, it absolutely boggles the mind, to be honest, Mark. Well, it was uh, for Fauna in the way of Danny Ward, wasn't it? And it was just a bit of a comedy of errors, really, in terms of, again, what could go wrong, did, did go wrong at that time. So you're out the game again at 3-1. We get ourselves back in the game at 3-2. Got to say, Barry, as well, Kalechi and Nacho came on and he made stuff happen, um, certainly in a way that Vardy didn't manage to really get into the game. I think Kalechi had three chances that he made in 20 minutes on the, the, the pitch on uh, Saturday. So what, what does that tell us about him and should he get more game time? I think when, when I was watching, I said, why, why don't they go back to that? Like, why, that, that was a proven, a proven way it worked for your team when you didn't have wingers available. So why not go back to it and, and utilise it the way it was? I think um, you can quite easily you can quite easily drop Yuri or Indiri, to be fair. I think KDH is, like we said last week, way above them too. Um, and put like Madison and one of them others there, or even or even Dennis Pratt. I think it just need. I think this. I think that too need to be changed. I think we were saying they were relatively stagnant at the end of last season, and it looks like they're going into this season the same. So you can't expect different results if you're just doing the same thing. I think. Um, but go sorry, going back to your natural. Yeah, he looked. He looked. He looked sharp. He looked. I think he looked quite like built. He looked. Like, he looked in really good physique. But maybe this is. His win- this is his window, maybe. He may be trained for that. Yeah, potentially. That would be a shame to, to lose him. Good finish by James Madison, Steve, through the legs of uh, Ramsdale. Do you think it was a bit of a hit and hope or was it a well-placed, well-placed finish? Well, um, I, I think he kept it low. So uh, the only chance he would have got really is in, in between his legs, I think, because he didn't have a good angle. Um, so you've got to assume that that was that was deliberate. Uh, I mean, I, I would have been shouting, you know, cross it, don't shoot from there, because the keeper seemed to have it covered, but he found the, the one gap that there was there. So I think it always takes a bit of luck when you're trying to meg the keeper, but I think it would have been a deliberate intent from where he was. We didn't have a lot of shots. There did be a lot of chances on Saturday. We seem to be quite clinical with what we've had in the criticism so far not just this season, but certainly the second half of last season, is that we're a bit passive in games. We're not creating enough chances. I think the same could be said for uh, Saturday, even though if you go and score two goals at the Emirates, you probably would expect to go and get something. Yeah. I, I, I mean, before we've lost games, haven't we? And we've missed loads of chances. And, and Rogers has always said, you know, well, we're creating chances that will come. But yeah, we have gone a bit negative and maybe that's all down to the, that lack of confidence. You know, when people are, when players are lacking in confidence, they start taking the easy ball, they play it square and they play it back. They don't play the quick one-touch football. And we seem a little bit devoid of confidence, whether that is, you know, there's a whole unsettled feeling around the club, Schmeichel going, Fafana wanting to go, 
people after Madison and Barnes and Vardy and a, and, and a few others. Uh, the manager bemoaning his lack of signings. You know, it's the kind of um, uh, disjointed kind of behaviour and spirit that we're not used to seeing at Leicester. And maybe that's had an impact. You know, when things are going well, we can play a bit of football. But as soon as we take a, a bit of a knock, all the confidence goes and we play in a quite negative way. Yeah. Tom, where do you sit on the uh, the position of the manager at the moment? He's taken a lot of criticism after these first couple of games of the season. Uh, I've, I've been Roger's biggest fan. I'm not denying that. And I've backed him. I backed Puel at the time when he was getting slated up to like the very one but game he got sacked after Palace. And I, but Roger's no one. I've backed him because I see what he's trying to do. This season, I said I'd give him 10 games because obviously the run of form. Uh, the way we were playing, it was stagnant. It was very sideways, sideways, backwards, backwards, without really creating many chances. Uh, going into this season, I was very positive. I'd watched most of the pre-season games. I went to Preston away. This formation of four, uh, four at the back, the two midfielders, the inverted full-backs pushing into the middle of the park, not going wide what we've been used to and giving more, you know, freeway to uh, KDH, Tillemans, all to push an extra five to ten yards in the pitch. You could see it was working because it Madison was passing on another five to ten yards. There was a plan there. Obviously, the loss of Ricardo Pereira and Barnes going into the season was massive for Brendan Rodgers because it meant he couldn't do this formation because he hadn't got that natural winger on the left-hand side, what he needed to uh, give you the width in playing this inverted fullback because that's what you do. The inverted fullback's pushing the middle of the park. Mm-hmm. Your wingers go further wide. Your two central well, midfield or defensive, one of the defensive middles push further up. KDH can push further up. Madison basically becomes a third striker or behind Vardy. And we looked a different team. To then see the starting lineup against Brentford, and we've gone back to three, well, three, four, three, as you want to call it. But Roger keeps saying what it is. The way we play is very much a five of the backs. We're having to defend that much. I felt Brentford at home in the first 65 minutes, we looked threatening. Uh, we looked we looked sharp. We looked like a team that we're not going to have any problems this season. Brentford, on the other hand, we're getting rolled over. You you get the second goal so quickly and you're thinking, right, we're in here, boys. Four, five, how many, how many do you want? You don't take the chances. And then, obviously, this is my question with Rodgers. To then come out and say fatigue was the reason we drew that game, but you only use one sub for a manager who's third highest paid in the league on 10 million a year. You're expecting a little bit more from him to come out and, well, do something. You've got Dennis Pratt on the bench. You could have brought him on for Tillemans. You've got Mendy on the bench. You could have brought him for him and Diddy. And Diddy's not playing that great at the moment. If the reason for me he's not playing great and it's not helping Rodgers is he can't pass the ball forward. It is not his natural game to play these expansive balls. It's he's a breaker, Rodgers, isn't he? Yeah, he's very much, I'll win the ball from yeah. Where's my five-yard pass side to side to Tillemans, to Jubal? Not a 30-yard pass to the full-backs. Rodgers is asking too much of certain players for me. Uh, as I'm in, not sure he can do a five-yard pass sometimes, <laughs> actually, let alone a 30-yard pass. And then, obviously, like that's not that's not helped him have to change all the system. But obviously, that they, those excuses coming out and saying the fatigue, but then you didn't make the subs, didn't help him. And then, well, Arsenal away again. You could see it wasn't really working, but there was no change until 20 minutes to go where the game was, you know, here or there. I'm, I'm still one of those, I'll give Rodgers the first 10 games and I'll see where we're at. But I said at that end of the 10 games, if we're not in around that top eight, then serious questions has to be asked What's where we're going as a, as a team, uh, as the manager, what he's doing. I know he's not assigned anyone what he wants to do. But for me, the team and the squad of players we've got, there should be no reason that you're not in that top eight at the end of the season. There's enough quality and there's enough, you know, about that squad to be able to break that top eight again or top seven and make sure you're in a European place. But like I say, for me, Rogers, I've still got my backing. The questions are starting to be asked though for myself of what he's going to do and what he's going to be able to change in the next eight games. Uh, and like we see going into Saturday, it's a must win because the King Power will be very toxic if we lose on Saturday. You will. And we'll come on to that slightly later in the show. But Tom, I guess, TC rather, uh, I guess some of the uh, problem that we have is with the things that he says sometimes after the game. So this week it was that we didn't have enough, um, we didn't have enough Premier League experience on, on the pitch, which right. was a bit of a bizarre one as well, because these lads, are they're not brand new to the division. You look at a side like 
maybe Brentford or, or Forest, sorry for saying that word, um, <laughs> but, but they genuinely don't have that Premier League experience, whereas our lads have played in the top division for, for season upon season. So that was another strange comment. And I think it makes the fans take a bit of a step back, doesn't it? And think, you know, what what is actually being said here? Yeah, you're right. There's there's a fair few comments in his in his recent interviews where you, you're kind of thinking, are you watching the same game here? Um, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of moaning about what he's got on the pitch, he knows what players we've got. <laughs> Our players have been playing together for a fair amount of time. They're not well, his players as well. What's that? They're his players. So the players well, that he's signed, the, the wages exactly. that he's put these lads on, maybe not directly, but he's overseen this, that we can't exactly. now shift to bring new players in. Yeah, and as and as Tom said, um, there's there's plenty of players out there that we've got sat on the bench that could do a job for us. He's just not putting them out there. Um, I mean, it, I mean, it's kind of kind of unrelated, but but Vardy, for instance, he hasn't really been much more than a passenger for a couple of games, and uh, yeah, it's just not working for us. Absolutely, need to change things up top. Yeah, I guess and, we're, uh, I'm I'm fed up of his uh, excuses and just not taking responsibility. I mean, it's yeah. always somebody else's fault with Rogers at the moment, and I've been a big Rogers fan, but he's not taking responsibility. And that won't help the players. And he, I don't know where it's like he's got the hump with the, you know, not being able to make my signing. So what can I do? And I'm blaming everyone else and pointing my fingers everywhere else. He's got to man up and take some responsibility as the manager. Yeah, I think to expect our players to be positive at the moment is is quite a lot to ask. Well, if you look at the whole surrounding of the club at the moment, nothing's positive though, is it? You know, the fans aren't positive, the players aren't, the manager's not. And it's a far cry, really, from what we built as a football club over the last 10 years. It was the place to be. The place was rocking. I'm really fearful for Saturday in case it, we, go a go, we go a goal down. Because I think if we do, the place is going to turn, as Tom said earlier, toxic. Barry, can you understand why Leicester fans? And I'll say now there's a growing element of Leicester fans that are Rogers out already, two games into the season. But you've called for your managers to go out after one game in the season. So you can't really say that. <laughs> Um, I think <clears throat> well, I wasn't really a big fan of Rogers either last season, to be fair, because he he was starting all this jazz at the end of the season as well. I think he um, I think he is a bit of an either egomaniac or maybe even a megalomaniac. It's just <clears throat> the, the thing that annoys me about it, right? Is, you guys left is I, I see a lot of the complaining about not getting signings, right? But your squad is still better than over 60% of that, that league. So, yes, you could buy players to improve it, but you you don't have that budget and you don't you don't really have that budget to do the wage. So, Brendan needs to get coaching again and getting these... Because he's made, he made a lot of players better when he arrived there. So, he needs to get back to that. So, they can, unless they've hit his ceiling, or, which maybe has happened. Like, it maybe indeed he is hit his ceiling. You need to hit his ceiling. They've gone back um, Harry. So they're not, they've hit the ceiling and not stayed at the ceiling. But, but, but that, that can, for me, that, that has to be the coach. So I can't, if players are unhappy with the amount of money they're making, um, play and unhappy playing every week and playing in essentially your best starting lineup, it has to be something that's coming from the coach. The, the, the training can't be enjoyable. The team building can't be enjoyable. The, how the coach is speaking to people can't be enjoyable. I, I just don't think it's the players. I think it's harsh to put it on the players um, because essentially they're getting told what to do as well. Um, uh, and that's what, like joking aside with Gerard. I think it's the same with him. I think he may. I think they install a certain culture, but if they change that or deviate away from what that was, then the players will be a bit like, "What the fuck." So I think um, I think I think Rogers is the one that's is causing causing all this angst between the fans and the players. Um, but I, I think you still still also need to remember how good a squad you've got as well. Yeah, maybe this time next week we'll be sitting here after a nice victory against Southampton, looking up the table. So let's hope that's something that's going to going to happen. Right, it is quiz time, guys. We know we play a game of the last man standing. On this show, so I have a quiz question for you tonight. Got it very short notice because I wasn't organised 
uh, and I was inspired by yesterday's Tenable on ITV where a similar question to this came up. But in English football, that is the English Football League, including the Premier League, there are 21 different suffixes uh, attached to the names of football clubs. So that'll be the second part of a name. So some of those are individual and only have one, one team, uh, and some of them have as many as 12. And um, For example, I'll give you this one. Leicester City would be the suffix just to really sort of <laughs> explain it to you, Thickos. Well, that's me, Al. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get started. There's 21 to choose from. Tom, I'll start with you as our guest. Uh, Charlton Athletic. Athletic. Yeah, there's three athletics, apparently. So the other two are. We'll come back to that. TC. I will go Albion. Yeah, there's three Albions as well. Yeah, it's Oldham and Athletic, isn't it? Oh, Oldham's Athletic, yeah. Go on, Steve. No one said United yet, have they? No, there's 14 Uniteds. Are we doing it as a unit or are we going around the table? What are we doing? We're just trying to get us, get us to guess them all. No, I just need okay. a different one from you. Okay, Villa. The next pass. Villa, yeah, yeah. There's a there's one Villa. Hell yeah, there is. Fucking enough. Uh, Tom, back to you. Uh, Wanderers, three Wanderers, Bolton, Wolverhampton, and Wickham. I'm going to go with Tom. Other Tom. Town. Twelve towns. Steve. Palace. One Crystal Palace. Barry. Uh, Dons One Dons, MK Dons Tom County Three counties, Newport County is one of them Not something that we want to remember too much After a couple of years ago That was an absolute horror show Other Tom Uh, Rovers Three Rovers Steve How many's left back? Oh, I've no idea, mate. Oh, okay. I'm not like Aidan who writes them all down. I've literally got them on my phone. Screen. I think we've done ten. Uh, but Rovers was uh, I was my last one. Um, I've got one. I've got one. Have you? Yeah. Oh, oh, we've no, we've we've had Dons as well, haven't we, for Milton Keynes? So I can't go with them. Um, 25 minutes of the show is just going to be Steve <laughs> <laughs> me going um, um, I don't know um, mm. no I'm going to pass okay. can't think of it Hotspurs Hotspur oh, nice. not Hotspurs oh, I'll, I'll let you stay in <laughs> okay. uh, Preston North End yeah, oh, Northampton. nice. Yeah. Pulled that one out. out. Nice. Other Tom? They're green. No, they're Rovers, yeah. mate. Oh, dear. It's for- Forest Green's the place. Sorry. Yeah. We have to be uh, strict on that. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> uh... Oh, heck. I, I was going to say, could I Harriers? No, they're not in there, no. not in the league. Go on then, Tom. Have you got any more? Finish it off, Tom. Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Nice. MK Dons. Yeah, we already have that one, but we'll let you carry yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, that's about it. I've I'll got... give you the full list then. So we've got Albion, Alexandra is in crew. Yeah. Argyle is in Plymouth. Athletic City County Dons Forest, which no one went with. Hotspur, North End, Orient. Uh, are they in the football league now? Or did they go? Yeah, no, they're still in. More into in the football league, right? Yeah. Palace Rangers is in QPR. Uh, Rovers Stanley, Accrington Stanley, Town United, and the other one that no one got was Vale, Port Vale, oh. uh, Villa, oh. and Wanderers. Um, we did all right there, lads. Yeah, you did, did well. Nice. As our guest, you are second guest in three episodes to win. Um, <laughs> So you, you other lads need to brush up a little bit, I think. Listen, let's talk very quickly around Yannick Vestergaard and Bubakar Samare. Uh, both of them have had offers, I believe, accepted now to, to leave the football club this week. 
Steve, I'll start with you. It looks like Vestergaard's going to stay. What do you think his reason is behind turning down a bid to, to Fulham, from Fulham? Uh, an extra 30000 a week for doing fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> no holds barred. Well, that's the end of that conversation. Then, isn't it? <laughs> How, right, I'll, I'll rephrase that then to, to Tom. How do we end up in this situation where we've got a player oh. that is let's say he's average, which is being really kind, but we're paying him really, really good money that no other club is going to pay him. How, how are we in this situation? Uh, the, the, the old football director, what leave, Chesgrove, whatever you want to call him, he signed his players, he said, yeah, they're good enough, they can come and do a job. Vestergaard's a strange one, because obviously it was a, a bit of a panic buy with a week to go before the season kicked off last year after the Fafana broken leg and we needed a, a football in centre-half. And Yannick does offer that. That's what Vestergaard is. You know, Vestergaard is a footballing centre half. He likes to play from the back. He has got a footballing brain. We have seen it at times. The problem is when you play two at the back, he gets exposed because he's got no pace. And we saw that against Burnley last year. I think it was the second game of the season. Anything over the top, you were worried that if he didn't get it with his head, then the teams were in behind. Uh, we're now left in a situation where all the players are fit. He's the odd one out. He doesn't fit the profile of the teams move the ball quickly, chasing Harris, because he can't do that. Uh, he's had offers from, I think Fulham was in there. He's had offers from, who's oh, another? There's Brent, another Brentford, I think. Brentford, yeah, Brentford came in as well. But he's made it quite clear he wants to fight for his place. And like Steve said, if someone offers you £30,000 a week more, just do nothing. You're not really going to turn it down if you've got another two years left. As for Samari, another one for me, he had a great preseason. He looked yeah, sharp. Yeah. He looked hungry. His performance at Preston when I went to watch him there was second to none. He was one of the man of the match in that game. He was twisting and turning midfield for a fun. I thought maybe the homesickness has started to go. Obviously, it hasn't. And that's the main reason he wants to return to France. He's homesick. I don't think he likes to, <laughs> living in England. It's not where he wants to be. 15 million recoup. I'd take the money and run. Uh, we haven't seen the best of him. We have seen at time what you can offer. I, I thought when we brought him in, he was going to be another Vieira type player, that, that structure, that build, the aggressiveness. But it just hasn't worked out for some reason with him. Uh, again, for me, the problem is now you need to get these players off the wage bill to sign players. That's our biggest problem. It, I don't think it's a case that there's no players to buy anyone. I just think we've got to get players off the bill first before we can bring anyone in because the money's tight in that uh, financial fair play now. And the club is well run with top there that he's not really going to let the club go into a, a problem where we can end up with a big fine or, you know, points deduction and all that. So it's poor management from the transfer from, from me. I don't think they did enough homework on Bubaka Samari. We heard over the years about managers like to know personalities. They like to know what they are, you know, they're getting before they come. I think we've just gone and gone, he's a good player in France. He's done it in France. He bustles, he moves midfielders around. He can run, he can pass. We saw a shot against uh, the, in the Europa League where he smashed the crossbar and we thought, well, we've got a player here. But again, it just hasn't worked. And I think there'd be too many of these players in the Rogers era that hasn't quite worked out. So yeah, we need to offload quite quickly now. He just won a league in Edney with uh, Lille yeah. uh, the season before. So we did look like we were getting a, a player, a young player, a, a real physical specimen of a Tom. Um, I think he leaves with a bit of sadness, as Tom has said, that we, we've really not seen the best of him. Does he go with your best wishes? Yeah, I, th- I think as as you said pre-season as well, Mark, he, he was looking pretty tasty and... Um, even before we signed him or just as we signed him, he, he always had to look about him as if he could offer more. Uh, he was perhaps a bit clumsy with his touch and, you know, he'd occasionally get past the old player, but we just haven't seen anything of him really. So... I, I guess the point yeah. really is, has he had enough of a chance to show what he can do? Because he was... Yeah, well, I think, think Rodgers was going to give him more of a chance, wasn't he? I mean, Rodgers was thinking after the pre-season, maybe we should keep him, but it looks like his heart's set on a move. I mean, I just think his speed of thought wasn't there for the for the English game. And, yeah. you know, France is a much slower league. And yeah. uh, he seemed to be behind the play in his thinking and, uh, and wasn't putting the kind of effort in with the rest of the team in terms of closing down or whatever and was caught napping on the ball. He showed a lot of strength on the ball. He could run with the ball. He could tackle. 
he could head the ball. So he's got a lot of attributes, but he just never put them all together in a game. So, um, yeah. Is he a similar player to Kamara that you've signed? Villabarry, is he similar sort of profile to that from, from the French League? No, I don't think so. Because um, I think uh, Kamara's like a, he's a number six. I don't think Samari's that. I think Samari's a, an eight. Or in, in, in France, he was a box-to-box, wasn't he? So you didn't really see that for Leicester. But... Like if, if he wants to go and, and Rogers is happy with it, that's fine. But if he's playing a great great season, he surely should be getting the nod ahead in the DD minimum. If they're going to be playing two two in the midfield, and it's a shame because I still think there's potential there. It's the same with Daka. I think you sometimes just have to have a bit of time and a bit of patience, and these two boys could could have came good for you. you know, I've just got the word of uh, Andre Kramerich running around in my head. There, he's going to, definitely a player in there. <clears throat> still very young. Still someone that I think we we could have really seen some better days from that's leaving us at such an early stage. But 15 million back in, some money off the wage bill, hopefully will we will be replaced in the next uh, couple of couple of weeks or so. A name that's being mentioned coming back the other way is James Garner, who was on loan at Nottingham Forest uh, last season. I think he's been linked with three or four different clubs and we're rumoured to be one of them. Steve, do you know much about Garner? No, I don't. So uh, move on to the next person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. That was my seamless linking. You've absolutely royally messed that up. <laughs> Tom, have you seen anything of, of James Garner? Oh, I saw enough of him when we played in the cup, mate, if I'm honest with you. Uh, he, ran, he, 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 he ran as, as ragged in the middle of the park. He's a, Again, he, he's a box-to-box midfielder. He likes to break onto the edge of the area. He likes to get in and around the penalty box. Uh, he, he's no hold bars. Let's put it that way. He, he gets stuck in with his challenges. Probably something that we do lack at time is that uh, aggressiveness in the middle of the park. He ain't scared of getting a booking. He probably would give us a different option, completely different to Ndidi. He isn't an Ndidi like he's going to go chasing the ball and win it. He, he will look for the right point to go in for the ball. And when he does go in for the ball, he'll make sure he leaves to encounter someone as well at the same time. So, yeah, he's a, he's a clever midfielder. Be interesting how he did in the Premier League because last year he turned it up in the Championship, but we all know the Premiership is a, a different kettle of fish and you, you've got to raise your game probably by tenfold. Yeah, if, we won't like to talk about it. You look at the Forest signings, they brought in O'Brien, and, uh, O'Brien from Huddersfield and Toffolo. Toffolo, yeah. And they both, at the weekend, looked second to none in the Premier League. They, they understand what they need to do. Hopefully, James Garner can do exactly the same and take on that uh, momentum he had at Forest last year. Of course, Forest won that trophy at the weekend, didn't they, for getting the first three points in 24 years? So, massive well done to, uh, to them. <coughs> so, not at all sarcastically. Um, so I guess one good thing about last weekend, Tom, was that of the Tom, new Tom, old Tom, uh, it was that um, at least we're not Manchester United because they got one hell of a blitz, didn't they, at, at Griffin Park? Made our point against Brentford look pretty good. Talking to me, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's nice to see him at the bottom of the table, isn't it? <laughs> Brentford, uh, sorry, Man U v Liverpool's a relegation six-pointer on, on Monday night. <laughs> yeah. I just, I can't understand Man U and... Uh, well, I, I love seeing uh, Gary Neville's little chats afterwards because he's just in bits. <laughs> Him and Redknapp were going to eat for each other the tens of the dozen, weren't they? They were big time, yeah. Right. yeah. Let's, look ahead to, let's look ahead to Saturday's game. Um, Barry, if you were in the tactical seat of Brendan Rodgers, how would you be getting the lads up for, for this game on Saturday? Because I don't think there's any doubt that a lot of Leicester fans are seeing this as a huge, huge game and probably a big part of how they're going to form their opinion on what the side can do going forward. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm pretty well, I was confident for you last week, to be fair, but I, I'm, I'm confident it, it'll be it'll be right this time. I think he'll stick with the two up front because he'll saw what joy was there to be had. Um, I, I think I, I, as a fan base, I think you'd be raging if it's the same two pivots uh, for sure in midfield. Like both could be dropped, but I think indeed in particular needs to be needs to go because uh, he is the worst of the two, and that's not really um, much of a compliment to Yuri. It's so the it's the back it's the back line. Like I don't know, will he be brave enough to go four? I don't know. I don't know if he will. I think he'll stick to three. If you play a four, though, do you go with a, a diamond in the midfield? There is that something you can do if you're going to go with two up top because. Harvey Barnes is back in training, but I'm not sure he's going to be fit for, for the weekend. I guess we'll find out 
and Rogers' press conference on Thursday? Um, do, do you? Uh, no, yeah, probably then. Because you could put KDH on the left. Um, you could probably put Pratt on the right and let Yuri's, Yuri just kind of monitor the back. I don't think you're going to have too much trouble from them. I, I, just, don't, I just don't think you will. I, I don't, they, they do not look good at all. Have they lost um, both of their games so far? They lost no, to they drew, drew, they drew, drew Leeds, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and, and they were very defence minded against Leeds. I think it was just a do not lose rather than see if we could go and win. Um, so they might be a bit more attacking this weekend. However, I'd, them attacking opens more space for you and that'd be dangerous for them. Um, I, I, I see I see Bardi getting his first goal this weekend. I, I could actually see a high score line because they're due one. Um, yeah, I could, I could see that happening. Because we can't defend and neither can they. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, it could be like I, I, well, before before we came on. I was thinking, what am I going to predict? Um, but I'll wait till you ask because it's it's a high score line. What will you predict, Barry? Four one, Leicester. I thought like, I'm not going to ask anyone else yet. I just you know, <laughs> didn't you tease me with it? I thought I would, uh, that's the question. Steve, of course, Jose Perez loves a goal against Southampton, doesn't he? Do you think he might? potentially get some game time. I guess with five subs now, the potential is a lot higher than it was before. Yeah, well, he hasn't so far, has he? Now? And neither Sionchu. And a, and I just wondered whether it's, you know, because they are going to look to get rid of them in, in this window. Um, but there's been no rumours on Perez. Um, like Vestergaard, he's on quite high wages. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we've got to freshen it up. Uh, my other bone of contention with Rogers is... You know, we had Madison last year just being played and he was awful. It was like having a passenger on the pitch and and then he dropped him and then he got his form back and was great for the rest of the season. And he picks and Didi and Tielemans no matter what. And Tielemans, neither of those two have been good for a long time. KDH has been carrying it and yet it will take him off mm. uh, before those two. Um, Pratt looks better. Uh, Samari looks better than those two. I think Mendy would be better than Ndidi at the moment if we needed someone in that particular role. Um, so I think he needs to be brave and play players on form and with the right attitude. And we, we've got too many that haven't got the right attitude or aren't on form for one reason or another. Is he going to be brave enough, Tom? Do you see big changes come in there? When that team sheet comes out at two o'clock on Saturday, I know we always look for, look forward to it in the pub. That moment of seeing, you know, what's inside the gaffer's eyes, uh, inside his mind. Sorry, um, do you think it'll be s- sort of similar to to what he set up so far, or do you think he will make a few changes this week? If Harvey Barnes is fit and he's had a week's training, he'll start for me. Uh, I, I don't think that he hasn't played the first two games. Makes much different with his fitness levels because he had a full preseason anyway. He's one of the first ones back on the training ground. He played against Notts County, so fitness yeah. level wise, I don't think it'll be anywhere short of what he needs to be. Uh, it'll all depend how this week goes. If he's soreness in the knee or anything like that, but if he's fit, I think Rogers will play him, and I think he'll go back to the, what he tried all preseason with the inverted fullbacks and obviously Cassania doing the right and Justin doing the left. Uh, it's then the point of who does he play up front because Vardy hasn't clicked this season so far. Mm. And But then on the other hand, we haven't really created that much for Vardy in and around the penalty area. The one chance he did get, he won a penalty from it. It was the first time we put a ball back in behind the Arsenal and it worked. We really haven't done that many balls in behind teams so far this year to give Vardy the opportunity to get in and around where he likes to be. Uh, I feel so for Nacho. I'd like to see him start the weekend. If I'm on a year, I'd start him on his own up front. I think he links the play up better at times in and around the penalty area to bring in Harvey Barnes. We saw that last year against Leeds United. He set the goal up little one-two. He links up well with Madison. We saw that at the weekend. So for me, I'd prefer to see Nacho start up front on his own at the top there and linking the play up and get Barnes and Madison in and around and more. And then it's the tricky one of that midfielder Steve spoke about and... If I'm honest, I agree with him. I would play Mendy. I think his range of passing is a little bit better than uh, and Diddy at times. We saw it when he played at the back end last season. The Cassania goal against Brentford, it was his long pass from right to left that set that goal up to pass to Barnes and Cassania scored the screamer. Uh, so for me, he probably gets the nod in front of anyone else in that defensive role and give Yuri that little bit of opportunity to push forward because I think he's probably got a little bit more about him moving around the park at times uh, 
Mendy then and Diddy. And Diddy can be very static. He wins the ball back, don't get me wrong, but he can get caught out that he's a ball watch at times. So, yeah, there, I think there'll be one or two changes, but I, I think it all depends going on Saturday if Barnes is fit. If Barnes is fit, Barnes will play and we go back to what we've done all pre-season. Yeah, it'd be good to see that plan starting to come to fruition, wouldn't it, from pre-season. There were some decent performances in pre-season as, as well. Um, I think for, for me, I think I, I'm going to have to say that I think Fafan has probably played his, his last game for us because I'm not sure he's going to be in the right place for, for Saturday. Um, if this for the next couple of days drags on and they don't put a bid in, that's accepted. But I think they probably will put put a high bid in soon that will get accepted. So if that happens for me, I think Siunku's got to come in alongside Johnny Evans. I don't think we could play Marty and Evans as a two. I think that would be a, a real challenge. And then the fullbacks, like you say, are fairly settled, aren't they? Um, touch wood, you know, without injury and giving these guys a bit of opportunity to to really stake a claim for, for their places because their seasons have been so uh, in and out for the last couple of seasons with injuries for Justin and Castagna. It'd be great to see them get a bit more game time. And I'm with you guys as well in the midfield. Let's change it up a little bit. Let's get either Pratt or Mendy in and, and you know, try and do something a little bit different. I think that the game will be won for us on Saturday, uh, potentially attacking and defending set pieces, but certainly defending set pieces. James Ward-Prowse is a... Is a is a weapon. It's probably not the nicest thing to say. Uh, he's, a, he's a weapon for them, who will uh, deliver some quality, and we've got to be we've got to be up for it for the game there as well. So, what? Going back to you again, Tom. Sorry to to shoot back to you straight away, but are you going to the game on Saturday? Yeah, I'm going to Saturday, and I've got yeah. a ticket for Stockport as well. So uh, two oh, games lovely. very quickly. That's uh, that's going to be a great away day, isn't it? Stockport in the in the cup. Um, what do you want from Saturday? You know, ultimately, when you walk out of Filbert Street, I know the easiest thing to say is a win, but what do you want to see from the lads? The win's crucial, but like to me, it's that performance levels. We want to see the performance game back to where we were before. That's slick passing at times against Brentford. When we did see it happening, we looked threatening. The little one-twos, like you say, up to the 65-minute mark, we, we were moving the ball around. Some of the best I've seen in a long time, the little one from Yuri to Madison to KDH, linking the play up from, you know, the back to front was brilliant. So I say it's the best we've seen in maybe six to eight months of how Rogers likes to play. Uh, we didn't really see much at Arsenal. So for me, the performance has to be up there with the results. Uh, I'm positive we can go get a 3-1 win straight away at the weekend. I really am. Southampton, yeah, they came back at the weekend, but I think that was down to Leeds' poor poor attitude. They thought the game was dead and buried and Hoof and Hartle changed it up, brought on a few subs. Leeds didn't really handle it well and Southampton got a point. Don't get me wrong, it'll give Southampton a lift going into the game. But I generally feel, I think we saw at the back end of last season when we, we beat them 4-1 at uh, King Power, that we can go do another job at them. And I think the lads will know how vital it is to get the win. They're not going to be tough. The lads will know going into this game that the result is massive and the a performance is needed now to start kickstart the season. Are we okay to take 3-1 as your official uh, prediction? We have a prediction league and I guess one. have a place in that. So, yeah, 3-1 uh, for me. I, I think the guests have probably beaten us so far. Aidan's <laughs> <clears throat> not on tonight with his uh, with his update, so I'm, I'm sure he'll correct me if I'm wrong. Steve, how do you think we'll get on on Saturday? Well, funnily enough, I was torn between 3-1 and 4-1, but, uh, you know, I am I think I'd pick 3-1, like Tom. <laughs> Barry, I've already taken yours, but I've forgotten what it was. 4-1. Wow. See, the problem is when we're all positive, it's not, it don't really work, does it? Every game of the season, we're top of the league, if, according to us so far. <laughs> I did say we'd lose at Arsenal 2-1. <laughs> old Tom. I'm not calling you old, but original, <laughs> original Tom. Original Tom. Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm expecting it to be uh, quite, quite tense in the ground, a little bit cagey to begin with, so I'm going to go for a 2-0 win. I'm going 2-0 as well. That was my. Uh, that was in my head. Danny Ward you? having the game of his life. New Tom, whereabouts do you sit in the ground then? Do you have you got a season ticket or do you just go down? Uh, I've the got a season ticket. Uh, I sit three rows from behind the uh, tunnel. Oh, do you? You're in pot yeah. seats then. <laughs> yeah, but I move around. I take my son now, so it's uh, wherever we can get two tickets together. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm behind the tunnel for, on the Saturday, so it'd be interesting to see how Rogers uh, handles the pressure. Yeah, you'll have to let us know af- afterwards. Um, how long have you been supporting Leicester? What's your story? How'd you get into him? 
So dad was, dad was seen to get older, and then I started going down about 96, 97. Obviously, I watched a few of the player finals, the heartbreaks and everything like that, and then uh, dad took me down to the uh, Derby game. Uh, great to see that one, and uh, obviously winning 2-1, and that was basically me starting to get hooked on it. Saw the yeah. great years at under O'Neill and all that, and then obviously the devastating years of Peter Taylor and the club going backwards. Uh, I remember the administration. I remember the day before the administration on that Friday when we actually were told the news. Uh, the next day, we all got on the coach to travel to Forest away, and we were winning 2-1. I remember sitting in the ground, come on, come on, click down. The next minute, Jack Lester popped up in the 90th minute to get the equalizer, and I thought, this is our season here. <laughs> and what can you say? You know, that season probably made the club where it is now because, you know, that, that togetherness was the start of something. We talk about, you know, Nigel Pearson, but without Mickey Adams driving that team to promotion and getting us back into the Premier League first time round, it, it saved the club from extinction. We were dead. You know, if you listen to the stories from Elliot, Taggart, you know, and, and the under the cost stories, it was quite clear that the club didn't take the pace and take wage deferrals. The club would not exist. Yeah. Uh, so, we had lads playing for free and all sorts then, didn't we? Nicky Summerby, Billy McKinley. Billy McKinley. I was at Coventry. Billy McKinley scored a screamer that day. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, I've just followed the club, carried on. Uh, I live in Redditch now in Worcester. I've still got my season ticket, 25 years. It's come up to now. And I still travel up every weekend to watch the boys play or wherever yeah. they are playing. I'll travel from Worcester, but it's an hour and 15. Same for, same for me. I'm in Cammock and uh, over in the West Midlands, surrounded by uh, Villa fans and oh, don't. So, <laughs> luckily, not too many Forest fans. I've had loads and loads of shit this weekend because I've been giving it the big licks. I've been getting the bloody table sent to me and all sorts. Now they're they're in <laughs> uh, Tell us a little bit just before we finish that about uh, Leicester fan, Leicester City fan TV, uh, which you're a part of. Well, it's the biggest Leicester City channel going at the moment. Uh, obviously we do four or five shows a week. We try and get everyone new on. We always say that it's for the fans, by the fans. So Mark, come on whenever you want, mate. We'll always have you on. Uh, we can get you on a Sunday morning on the, the famous Aftermath show with Jamie. It's always a good bit of fun. Uh, we also try to do a lot more competitions, a free competition, as you can see at the moment, the one we're running with uh, Win Your Season to get money back. Again, we get sponsorship. We don't, do we do it for the love of the club at the end of the day? We do it for the love of the channel. None of us get any paid any money from it. A lot of people think, you know, like Arsenal Fan TV, they make thousands. We don't. We we do it for the love. We do it for the fans. We we do the content because we want to interact with every Leicester fan going all around the world. And it's it's really good when you do a watch along and you're getting people from Canada, you know, <laughs> watching it, America, Australia, everyone's joining in. And that's what we always say at Leicester Fan TV. It's for the fans, by the fans, and everyone has their say. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. No one's wrong. No one's right, basically. Well, we appreciate you joining us tonight. So thanks very much. So the hour is absolutely flown <laughs> by as it as it does. And you know, um, I hope you join us again at some point in the season. It'd be great to have you have you back at some point. Most definitely, mate. It's very enjoyable. It's great to have a chat with you. Yeah, it's good to talk football, isn't it? And uh, get an hour in our lives for us. We only do one show a week, but to get an hour away from from real life and just talk about football is is pretty good. Steve, thanks very much for for joining us. Any plans for the week? You're going to be watching the game on Saturday. I will be watching a game on Saturday. Yes, I'll find a way of doing that. And um, yeah, and, and keep my fingers crossed that we put in a performance and get a result because I think we, it's God knows what's going to happen to the confidence if we don't. Barry, you're sat in the dark now. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm all right. I, I won't be able to watch the game because uh, Villa's on the same time. Who's so, the uh, We have Crystal Palace this weekend. Tricky, tricky game. Yeah, I think so. I think we'll do it though. Yeah, well, thanks for thanks for joining us again tonight, mate. I appreciate that. And <laughs> no old Tom, you can be called Tom again next week. So we've got Dominic awesome. Wells from the uh, tactics, <laughs> tactics board on BBC Radio Leicester joining us next week. He's been on the show a couple of times before. He knows his stuff, doesn't he, Dominic Wells? He does, yeah. Yeah, be good to have another, another uh, pro on. Hopefully, we'll be talking about all of the great things that's happened from a tactic, tactics perspective. If he's having to break down as conceding the corner again for 58 times, <laughs> you can host the show because I'm out of here. <laughs> but no, I'll, I'll see you on Saturday for, for the game. Um, we will indeed, yeah. I don't know if yeah. you go anywhere for a, a beer beforehand, other Tom, but you're always welcome to come and join us. We'll be in the Holiday Inn or whatever before so drop us a message but that's it for another episode of it's 11 it's heaven for jamie vardy and we'll join you again next week Modern day football.
Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.